hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Surely the Lord is in this place. Surely the Lord is in this place. Amen. What a great opportunity for all of us in this moment. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Anybody here thankful for the goodness of the Lord? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I feel in the Holy Ghost that God would like to give us clarity and perspective on what has happened in this place already today. So important for us not to miss what God is doing. Sometimes all the excitement we just watch, we observe, when the reality is that when the water is troubled, we ought to all be moving. We ought to all be trying to get to that place where the Lord can move in our life. Amen. I, I sense the Lord in this place in a very powerful way. I really am not going to... I'm going to just try to help give you understanding of where we are. I didn't know this. I didn't realize I had prepared for another message today. And uh, all week long, my mind was geared that direction until last evening. And I began to seek the Lord a little more earnestly. And the Lord brought me to this passage of Scripture. And I pushed it back out of my mind. And I even went to bed last night thinking that we would just get up in the morning and pick up and move forward, but God would not let me do it. Now, I understand. I understand, and I don't have a lot of notes. I'm going to just have to follow the Lord, but just for a few moments, turn with me to Genesis chapter 48. Genesis, the 48th chapter. I'm going to read beginning with verse number one. We will receive our offering at the end of service for those of you that are worried about that. I know you're anxious to give your tithe and offerings and we want to receive them. But there's a priority right now of the word of the Lord. Thank you, praise team, for such a marvelous job of helping us get into the presence of the Lord. Praise God. You know, sometimes that's a joy, that, that's a that's a chore because we come from so many different backgrounds and we have so many different issues going in, uh, going on in our life. And when we come into the house of God, our minds are scattered, our bodies are here, but we are not really worshiping Him. Um, and then we're not really in communion with Him. We're just going through the motions. One of the prophecies that came forth from the Azusa Street outpouring at the turn of the century, listen to me, that there would be a day when there would be a people that would worship God but not pray to God. 
that they would become absorbed in the outward motions and the outward uh, part of service to the Lord, but they failed to have a true relationship with Him. And I fear that we miss so much because of that oversight. And it came to pass, Genesis 48 and 1, after these things that one told Joseph, Behold, thy father is sick, speaking of Jacob. And he took with his, him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And one told Jacob and said, Behold, thy son Joseph cometh unto thee. And Israel, which is actually Jacob, strengthened himself. I want you to notice how he moves from that old identity into his new identity. And Israel strengthened himself and sat upon the bed. And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. Now if anybody in this building has ever read the story of Jacob, you know that's not where his story began. But I want to talk to you for a few moments about the perspective, the new perspective that an encounter with God can produce. I want that to sink into your spirit because that's what's been happening and it's going to continue to happen in this service. That when we come to that God moment, when there is that exchange that goes on. We're not just observers, but we're participating. We're involved. We're engaged. We're pouring ourselves out. Something happens in that moment that is transforming. Something happens in that moment that changes the whole tone and tenor of our life. And we gain a new perspective that can only be gathered in that moment when we encounter Him and God touches our lives. God, help me this morning for just a few moments to be able to deliver Your Word and help bring us even closer to that divine purpose that You have planned for this day for every person in this building. God, You have not exempted anyone in this place today. We are all on your calendar. We are all on your agenda. You have come with a divine purpose for every individual in this building. Not a corporate work, but an individual work of your spirit that you want to speak and you want to move and you want to work in our lives to transform our perspective. Amen. I pray in Jesus' name that you will help me right now. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Now don't sit down on me in your spirit. Amen. 
The story of Jacob is one that is familiar to anyone that has ever heard much of the Bible. Jacob was the son of Isaac. He had a brother by the name of Esau. Jacob, as we know him, and even as his name identifies him, the root meaning of Jacob is heel, or uh, that which is beneath, reaching for that which is in front of it. And so Jacob's life, as he is now in this moment, he is an old man. He is about to die. And he is coming to that moment of transformation where he will pass on to the other world. And his son Joseph realizes and knows that it's that time and so he brings his sons to be blessed by their grandfather uh, Jacob. And when Jacob, the old man, began to look back over his life, it is so Amazing to me where he begins his story. He begins his story at a transitional moment in his life. But that's not where his story began. His story began in Genesis chapter 25 when it describes the birth of Esau and Jacob. And Esau was the firstborn and he came out red and ruddy. And Jacob came out, and this is what it makes note of in that moment of his life, that he had his hand on the heel of his brother. He comes out of the birth channel with his hand reaching for something that's not his. He comes out of that birthing moment, and he's grasping for his brother's heel, and nothing much changes from that moment forward. He becomes the schemer and the conniver. And if you go on in his narrative, you find the moment in his life when he deceives his father and he cheats his own brother out of the birthright. Anything to get what Jacob wanted, any way he could get it, it seemed fair play. He was known as the schemer. He was known as the planner, the conniver. One passage of scripture in Isaiah speaks of him as being a worm. That worm Jacob. What a descriptive term for a personality that comes into this world so warped and so disfigured by its personal ambition. And out of the womb he comes reaching for his brother's heel And that would be the precursor of this enigmatic personality of his. That he was going to be a man that was constantly in search of something more. He would grow up and he would cheat and he would connive and he would flee and he would trick and he would worm his way through life until that moment it happened first At a place called Bethel, it was also known as Luz. It was there in that moment that he had an encounter with God. But it really did not have the impact on him that the later moment would have. And so when we read this passage in Genesis 48, 
What he is actually referring to is not the moment of his birth or the moment of that first encounter, but he is actually referring to what happened to him in Genesis chapter 35. And I want to read it to you, verse 9, and it said, And God appeared unto Jacob again when he came out of Pandanaram and blessed him, and God said unto him, Thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be called any more Jacob, but Israel shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel. And God said unto him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall be of thee. And kings shall come out of thy loins. And the land which I gave Abraham and Isaac to thee, I will give it. And to thy seed after thee will I give the land. When Jacob in this old age looks back over his life, the moment that defined him was not his birth. It was not his failures. It was not his shortcomings. It was not the mistakes that would have such an imprint upon his life. But something happened Along life's journey, there was this encounter with God that changed everything and it changed his perspective about his life and his purpose and what God had planned for him. You see, all that God spoke here, God already had it in his plan before he spoke it. But until that moment in his life, Jacob could not understand God's divine purpose for him. He could not understand what God was up to and working on in his own life. And so he spends his life fighting against the very revelation that God was going to birth in him until that moment. Until that encounter, that moment where he and God meets face to face. And in that moment, that spiritual awakening, that second birth, whatever you want to call it, something changed in his life. And so now he marks his life from that moment of change, not from his birth, not from what he has been, not from the failures of his past, but from that moment he began to identify his life. It was there that his life really began. This was the date in his life that mattered the most. It was not his birth. It was not all the scheming and conniving and cheating and all the underhanded things that he had done in his life. But there on that lonely upland, something happened in his life. There was this encounter with God that changed his perspective. You see, God had already encountered him three chapters before or two chapters before in chapter 32 God had encountered him at the brook Jabbok and the Bible said they had wrestled all night and it was there that God touched him and he said God I will not let you go until you bless me and he touched the hollow of his thigh but somehow it seems in my way of thinking even that did not truly change him until he came back to Bethel, to that place of beginning. And in Bethel, something happened. His eyes were open and he realized 
that he was his own worst enemy, that he had allowed the failures of his own past to continue to haunt him and trouble him and ruin his life. But something broke free from him that day. Something fell off of him that day that would not be with him the rest of his life. And when he looked back over his life, he didn't think about those things because they no longer had the power and the attachment on him that they had had in the beginning. Can I tell somebody here this morning that God orchestrated a service. He orchestrated a rendezvous with destiny for somebody here today so he could rewrite the future of your life. He could rewrite the future of your life. Now I'm not talking about unwriting history. We're in a we're in a place right now where we're trying to do that all over our country. You can't unwrite what's been written. It's there, like it or not. Ugly, messy, imperfect, wrong. You can't unwrite it. So when God started working on Jacob to change him, he didn't go back to try to erase his past. He wanted to write for him a better future. You may not be able to go back and undo what's happened in your life, but God said there can be a moment in your life where he starts rewriting your future and that no longer has a hold over you and it no longer has a power in your life to continue to torment and destroy you. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise. We call it a second chance. Aren't you glad God gives second chances? Aren't you thankful that whatever you did back then isn't etched in stone and can be unmoved and undone? God just moves it out of the way and starts writing a new story. And the new story has purpose. And the new story has blessing. I want to tell you what the power of this kind of experience can do in your life. It can break the tyranny that your past has had over you. It breaks the hold that keeps dragging you back into that place of condemnation. It keeps dragging you back into that place of depression. It keeps dragging you that back into that place of failure. There can be an experience with God that can change that and reorder your days and put you on a path to where you will not be held or tormented by those things any longer. I am here to tell somebody in this service that too many of you have allowed your past to continue to tyrannize your life. Every time you take a step forward, there's a voice in your past that said, Oh, but I remember... Every time you raise your hands, there's something from your past trying to pull them back down. You're not worthy to do that. You don't deserve to do that. You're a hypocrite doing that. And you know what happens? Unfortunately, we buy into that lie and this is what happens.
We buy into that idea that you can never undo. I'm not talking about undoing. I'm talking about God wanting to write a new story for your future. And it's not going to include... I said He's not going to include that which has condemned you. Something happened on that date in Jacob's life that outshined all other things that he had ever done in his life. Isn't that an awesome thing? That I can have an encounter with God and no matter how wicked my vices have been, no matter how low I've sunk in my life, no matter how bad or wrong I have been, no matter how wicked or evil I've been, that I can have an encounter with God, that I can come in contact with His presence. And in that moment of renewing, in that moment of regeneration, He can do something to my past that I have not been able to do. I could not separate myself from it. I could not cut it loose. But when he began to work in my life, he took something and cut it loose so that it would not go with me into my future. Oh God, help me. Somebody hear me this morning. You need to experience something in this service and some of you already have that will cut the tie that's kept dragging you back in. You claw your way out and you get back up And you stand up and stretch and you're going good for a while until something happens that triggers that remembrance. And I'm drugged right back into it again. The condemnation and the guilt. But when Jacob looks back now at his life, there was a moment when God changed his perspective about his life. And all of that came about through that experience that he had in God. That God, I believe with all of my heart, this is what I feel like the Holy Ghost is trying to say to some of you in this place today. God wants to change your perspective about the future. You've been through some stuff that's knocked every bit of wind out of you. You've been some th- through some stuff that has staggered you to your roots. You've been through some stuff that has made you even question at times whether you even believe God or not. But God said, hey, I have a purpose for your life. I didn't make you to be an accident. I didn't make you to be a lost soul. I made you with a divine purpose in mind. And so he has ordered a rendezvous. He has ordered an opportunity for me to step into his presence. And God can order my life in such a way, in such a way that it will change my perspective. Oh, the power of a God experience. Oh, the power of a God experience. It trumps whatever else might have happened in your life. Amen. Praise God. I said it trumps whatever else may have happened in your life. That God moment. Acts chapter 9, I believe it is. It begins with this. Paul breathing out greater hatred. Got papers so he could go and persecute those 
Christians. He's got the papers in his hand. And he sits out on the road. Ah. But for a God moment. How many more people would have died? How many more people would have fallen fate to his evil work and his hatred for those who had been born again of the water and spirit? But thank God, while he's riding his donkey down the highway, headed to his next place of, of vengeance and wrath, God intersects him. God intervenes. <laughs> oh, yeah. And in that moment, he's down. He can't see. He's smitten blind. He can't find his way. He hears a voice. None of the rest of them hear anything, but he hears a voice. I'm telling you that there's some things that can go on in this place today that are so supernatural that only you and God can understand them. There's some things that can happen in your spirit today that nobody else around you will hear, but you will hear them clearly when God speaks to you and when God begins to speak to you you will be able to identify him like Saul did Jesus yeah Woo. So I'm telling you right now there's something moving in the Holy Ghost in this building and there is that God ordered moment where he wants to change your perspective he wants to change your perspective because the tyranny of the past has held sway over you long enough. How long will it take for you to live into what God has said about you? How long is it going to take for you to live into the promises that God has made and spoken over your life? You are being held captive by a past and you are being held under its tyranny because every time you try to rise up, it reminds you of who you are. I've got news for you. You are not really that person any longer. For if you are in Christ, I said if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Behold, all things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Many a man or woman has allowed their past to become a roadblock to their future and derail their life over and over and over again. Stealing their joy, sapping their strength, toppling their hopes, Eroding their confidence. Wounding their spirit afresh every day. And God said, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. And he brings Jacob back to Bethel. And there at Bethel, he speaks so clearly to him. That from that moment on, when Jacob looks back over his life, he can only go that far. Wouldn't it be awesome if God could put a divine roadblock in your memory? 
that you can come to this day, but you can't go any further back. You you can come to this service, and I, I, something happened in that service. I don't know what it was, but I can't seem to get past. I can't go back. I can't get back there where I used to live. There's something happened in this service that has been so powerful that has put a blinder there. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm not trying to unlike what's happened. I'm just saying God put a blinder there. I don't see it anymore. I'm not bound by it anymore. I'm free and I'm going to live like I'm free. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and praise Him. You have a future and God wants you to know you have a future. Quit letting your past lie to you and tell you otherwise. My God. Hallelujah. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. God puts a blinder there in somebody's life from this day forward. You're going to get back to this service and that's as far as you're going to go. Why? Because something happened in this service that's more important than what happened in my past. Good Lord have mercy. I said something happened in this service that's more important than what's happened in my past. Yeah, something transpired in that moment of worship. I don't, I can't even tell you. I don't even know how it happened while I was in the pew. It happened while I came up just to worship. Something, there was an encounter with God. And God said, all right, enough. We're going to reorder your days. We're going to put, I'm going to give you a new perspective on your life. Your life is not going to be defined by what you were. Your life is going to be built on what you can be. Your life is not going to be bound by what you did. Your life is going to be defined by what you can do. Your life is not going to be held any longer by all those old memories. But God's going to free you to dance and rejoice in His presence. Not because you're worthy, but because He is worthy of your praise. Hallelujah. Woo! The Holy Ghost is in this place right now. Oh, yeah. You see, when we have an encounter like that with God, it cultivates in us a new understanding of God's purpose for my life. My purpose is not defined by alcohol or drugs or moral failure or any other kind of sin that happened or any other kind of failure where I've missed the mark. But my life was created by God. He said, I knew you in your mother's womb. Can you understand that? He was not just talking about a man back then. He's talking about every one of us. He knew me in my mother's womb. He numbered every part of my body. He knew how long my arms were going to be. He knew where my hair was going to fall out from. And where it would grow that you don't want it to grow. 
He ordered my days. He numbered them. He didn't just put a bunch of hair on my head. The Bible said he numbered the hairs on my head. Now when you start numbering something, that indicates value, priority. I mean, when you just group stuff together and say, okay, you can have all that for a dollar. You're not putting much value on it. But when you separate that one thing and you put a, a price tag on it and you say, this is, this is important, this is valuable to me, that's what God did on every one of you in this building. He put his stamp on you. He said, you're mine. I created you. I made you who you are. And I have a purpose for your life. Now, I don't know what's happened in your life that's derailed you from that purpose, but God has come into this place today to give you a moment of perspective and a moment of revelation and open your eyes and let you see you were made for better things than that. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know what? When I don't know what to do, I just feel like I need to jump up and down or run. Anybody feel that way right now? I'm so, I feel so free in the Holy Ghost right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It'd do some more of us good if we could get that free. I'm not bound by my failure. I'm not bound by my mistakes. God encounter does a God encounter helps you cultivate a sense of purpose in your life I was made for more than trash and rubbish I have a calling on my life amen oh good I I need to I'm telling you Something in this place right now. You know, there's an interesting footnote to Moses' life. And that was that he gave birth, or his wife gave birth to two sons. It was during his wilderness experience. If you know much about Moses, you know that when he was a baby, his mother hid him. Pharaoh's daughter found him in the bulrushes and took him home and raised him in her palace. But there came a time in his life when he realized, I'm not an Egyptian. I'm not an Egyptian. He remembered something his mother whispered in his ear as a child as she nursed him. Isn't that a miracle? That God would give her the opportunity of nursing her child. And don't ever think that what you're saying to your children in their small infant state doesn't matter. Because whatever Moses' mother spoke into his life, he remembered it one day. He woke up and realized, I'm not Pharaoh's son. I'm, not, I, I'm a Jew. I, I'm, a, I'm a child of God by birth. And so he goes out and he sees brethren being mistreated. And he intervenes. And... They look at him like, who's this new kid? And then he kills an Egyptian because he's abusing one of his brothers. And and the Bible says that he thought they would have understood that God had put him where he put him 
for this purpose. God said, no, I didn't put you there for that purpose. I put you there for other purposes. But where I'm going to put you for purpose is going to be in a wilderness. And so here he is in the wilderness. Backside of the desert is the way the scripture describes it. Taking care of sheep. He goes from the palace to a sheep herder. What a fall. What a demotion. (laughs) And he gives, his wife bears him a son. And he names him Gershom. The meaning for Gershom is bitterness, banishment, loneliness, separation. Because in that moment... That's all he could see of his life. It seemed such a mess. He had such high hopes and dreams and ideas and thoughts. And all of that's gone now. He's just back here sheep herding. Nobody even knows where he's at. And so he gives his son this name. And it means what banishment. It means strangeness. And it reflects the mood that he is in in contrast to the courts of Egypt. But something happened. I don't know what. Perhaps it was the burning bush. I don't know. I don't know when those sons were born. Maybe some of you Bible scholars know. I just know this, that when he named his second son, he had a different perspective. His second son, and I I, I know I'm going to butcher it, but it is Eleazar. That name means God is help. God is help. That's the power of a God encounter in your life. It can drive away the darkness and the depression. And it can take out of your mind and your memory all of the hurt and the pain and the unfairness of life. It can, it can move it all away from your vision so that all that you can see in this moment is that God is my help. If it had not been for the Lord on my side, my enemy would have swallowed me up. But that's a great big if. Because the Lord is on my side. And with the Lord on my side, my enemy has no hope of destroying my life. That's the perspective change that a visitation from God can give you. And I believe that's why God ordered this service today. Was to help change your perspective on where you're headed. You know, we live... In such a horrible time, I, it is it is difficult to describe the hour that we live in. It is at moments depressing. It is overwhelming. We're filled with fear of every kind. We're bombarded by all of this stuff. And I've been wrestling with that over the last few weeks. God, is this really what you desire for your people? Is this really what you want for us to be embracing and, 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 and fellowshipping? Is this the atmosphere that you want us to live in? And I felt the Lord rebuke 
rebuked me and say, no, that is not. But you see, sometimes you can get to a place in life where that's all that you see. That's all that you can realize is what's around you. And, and you see and hear all of the stuff, the junk. You don't know who to believe. I don't believe anybody anymore. If their lips are moving, I feel like they're lying. I just, I'm sorry, but that's, that's the cynicism that's coming out in me this morning. But I want to tell you what happened when I come into the presence of God. When I come through those doors early in the morning one morning and I started walking down this side aisle, I began to realize that the presence of the Lord is here in this place. And I've got a new perspective on life. All of a sudden, the burden is lifted up and I realize that God still sits on the circle of the earth. God still sits on the throne. God is still in control of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, God still has his hand on me. I was envious of the prosperity of the wicked until I went into the sanctuary of the Lord. Oh, there's help in the sanctuary, church. I said there's help in the house of God. And we've had an encounter in this building and there's encounters going on right now. God's trying to work on your psyche, your mind, your vision and give you a new perspective. Man, stand with me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh. You know what verse of scripture that has been eating on me for months and months and months. And it's Paul writing. He said that we rise to walk in newness of life. That verse of scripture has been just eating away in my mind and my spirit. God, help me. To live that verse out. To rise every day to walk in a newness of life. The only way that can happen is for me to have an encounter with God that will change my perspective. That will change my point of reference. You know, I wish I had one this morning, but a telescope is a powerful tool. It, it, it really is. You can put that telescope up and you put it up the right way and whatever is far is brought near. It's amazing. You feel like you can reach out and touch it. But you can take that same telescope, you can turn it around and whatever view you get out of it, however far it really is, it's going to seem like it's a million miles further. You know what I have a sense of? I have a sense that some of us have been looking at our troubles like that and they're real close. And then we turn it around when we look at God and God's way far away. And God said, that's not how I want you to see me. What I want you to know is that before you ever woke up this morning, I was already in this house. I know we talk about inviting the presence of the Lord in. You didn't have to invite him. He was already here. have to think well God I hope you come today he 
He's here all the time. The trouble is we don't always see him. We don't always recognize him. And we got God way out there. God said, I need to give my people a new perspective. I need to give my people the right perspective. I'm not unwriting history. I'm not unwriting what's really happening around people's life. But I want to write a new narrative for their future. I want to write a new story. They're not going to be bound by fear. You know what, folks? I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of waking up. I'm sick of listening to things. And all it does is just push you back down in that wormhole. And you feel like, Lord, I'm never going to get out of this. God said, that's not how I want you to live. Hey, this is how the Bible speaks. This is how the Bible speaks of the end time. There shall be light in the evening time. Yeah, there shall be light. Now, it's not supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be darkness. So evidently, God is going to do something for His people that's going to be different than what He does for the world. That those that walk with Him and those that experience Him and those that have that encounter with Him and sometimes you have to have that encounter on a daily basis. God said, I'm going to be, I'm going to be light to you in that evening time when the sun should be going down and it is going down on the world. It's just about to rise on the church. Oh yeah, it's about to rise on the best and greatest event that's ever happened in the history of mankind and that is the rapture of the church. Oh yeah, yeah, it's coming. I said, it's coming. It's coming. And so God ordered an experience today. God ordered a rendezvous. He ordered a service. He ordered an opportunity to encounter His presence in such a way that when you walk out of here and you look back, you can only see so far. Whew, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And God bless me at Luz, which is called Bethel. Oh, but Jacob. Oh, no, 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 no. God blessed me at Bethel. That's where it started. That's where he changed my name. Where I realized the change of my name. He had already spoken it. I just hadn't lived into it yet. Is it possible that God has already spoken some things over your life that you have not lived into yet? And God orders a moment where He can bring you into His presence and say, Okay now, let's wake up and pay attention. This is what I say about you. This is what I promise you. You've not really been living into it. You've not really believed it. But I want you to believe it now. Hallelujah. Oh God. Give us that new perspective today. Fresh encounter can give. That fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost. Where the scales are pushed back from our eyes. And we are not governed by fear, but we're moved by faith. We're not tormented by fear, but we're lifted by faith. Oh yes, hallelujah. God is in this place.
God is ordering our steps. God is orchestrating our future. Oh, hallelujah. If you're with your family, I want you to take them by the hand. If you're with your friends, take them by the hand right now. God's wanting to reorder some things today. God's wanting to reshuffle. He's wanting to change the perspective in your life. He's wanting to re. Order the days that are before you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. God, you're wanting my life not to be defined by my past, but by the power of your spirit and the hope of the future. Lord, I am not bound by what I was of dream. Hallelujah. You're going to reorder. Yes, you are. You're going to reorder the days of my life. This is the beginning of months. This is the beginning of months. This is the beginning of months. This is the beginning. This is just the beginning. Come on, this is just the beginning. Come on. Respond to the Lord right where you are. God is moving in this place right now. Let Him touch your eyes. Let Him touch your mind. Let Him reorder your steps today. Let Him give light. Give Oh, yes, He can forgive you of your sins. I said He can forgive you of your sins. He can heal the brokenness of your past. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes, yes, that's it. That's it. Come on. Forget about everybody around you. It's God right now that wants to talk to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost, come into my life. Holy Ghost, take control of my life. Holy Ghost, speak through my life. Holy Ghost, order my steps. Ceases to exist. Holy Ghost, order my steps. Order my steps. Order my steps.